Sound good? Okay, I'm gonna do my intro now. Nice. All right. <laughs> I always get so nervous doing this. I won't make faces, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi everyone, welcome back to Speak Lord. I hope that you're all doing well. Um, we haven't seen you for a little while, but I hope everyone is having a good start to their Lent. Um, we'll also ask you to keep Texas in your prayers at the moment. Um, they're really suffering with the weather right now and just the Midwest in general, um, uh, people are struggling. So we'll keep those in our prayers. Um, please, like and subscribe to our channel and you'll find us on spotify now and apple podcasts as well so we love sharing our stories with people so pass this on to your friends as well we hope to reach as many people as we can and today i'm joined by brother logan give us a wave <laughs> brother logan this is our first one doing um on zoom so brother logan is in minnesota um, he's with the Brotherhood of Hope. And actually, I forgot to, we must congratulate you. Did you make your final vows uh, before Christmas? Uh, right after Christmas, January oh, 2nd. After, after Christmas. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about that too. That's definitely, great. definitely. Um, so, yeah, Brother Logan, let's just get into it. <laughs> um, so you're with the Brotherhood of Hope. A lot of people might not have heard of them. Do you want to give us a bit of background? on the brotherhood sure sure yeah i mean honestly uh i didn't even know the brotherhood until i got to college so <laughs> uh in the church's eyes the brotherhood of hope is for it's kind of like we're like uh we're like babies we're infants if you will uh we've only been around since 1980 so we're very we're still very much establishing our life uh we started in new jersey um for anyone listening who likes new jersey <laughs> i'm not from there but it's not a bad place the um but they uh it started uh actually it's uh started out the charismatic renewal uh movement here in the states and there is uh, actually an, also an ecumenical uh movement uh is what our order actually came out came out of so that's i don't know if people are familiar with ecumenical but basically uh across christian uh denominations so so there's this uh so the our founder father philip merdinger he uh was a diocesan priest for the archdiocese in newark he was involved with the charismatic renewal and he went out to visit this group called the servants of the word uh they're an ecumenical brotherhood that's they're also international they basically focus on building covenant communities um living single for the Lord. And the my Father Philip went out to visit them in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and was just very inspired by their life and decided when he went back to New Jersey, uh, figured he would start up a men's house doing like the same thing. They basically, they lived a common life. They lived, they got up, they worshiped the Lord together. They did uh, praise and worship uh, and they shared meals together. Uh, it was just a pattern of life, like a family life, if you will. And as it turned, uh, progressed, uh, most of the men in uh, the covenant community in New Jersey were all Catholic. So it just kind of, all the men were just Catholic and it just uh, eventually progressed uh, into uh, the men who took their kind of first, their first commitments. They took uh, uh, year, like year long commitments basically, and then they renewed them. So this is before they were thinking about religious life. They were just trying to do this thing, you know, live this way of life. 
And eventually, uh, some of them took their like a lifelong commitment with uh, to the Lord and to one another, and living this kind of a common way of life. And as more men kind of started joining, uh, they eventually they discerned through the Holy Spirit that the Lord was actually calling them to uh, pursue religious life. And so then uh, we were, uh, so we basically are. Uh, involved with works of the new evangelization that John Paul II coined, uh, representing the gospel to this day and age, right? And so that's basically what what the brothers did. Uh, they do. They ran uh, in the early days. They ran uh, university Christian outreaches uh, at Rutgers University, just at co on college campuses. So that just kind of was the niche that the brothers had, was just, uh, and they learned a lot of the campus ministry from the servants of the word. And eventually we got invited by Cardinal Law uh, in Boston to establish ourselves as a religious community in his uh, diocese. So that's how we actually got to Boston and where I met you guys yeah. so, from that. Yeah. And we uh, took a while, uh, different, just for us, uh, different bishops at different times invited us to come do campus ministry in their diocese. Uh, so uh, we were first, the first place we went to outside of New Jersey was actually down in Florida. Um, now we're at Florida State University. Uh, we're at University of Central Florida in Orlando. Uh, we're at Rutgers University, uh, then Northeastern University there in Boston uh, locally, and then here at the University of Minnesota where, where I'm serving. So, so that's just as the um, over the years, we just had a, we just been involved with campus ministry for a long time. It's not our only thing that we do. Again, our, our main apostolate is works of the evangelization. So it can be really anything, but Broad, most yeah. of our, predominantly most of our brothers are in campus ministry. So, um, and that's where uh, I actually met the brothers was at Rutgers University. So I was, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, my folks were more like, here's your faith, do what you want with it. And I was like, great. You know, God was over there and I was over there. So we stopped going to church when I was in first grade. And I never disbelieved God, but I just never had an interact an encounter with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I never pursued my faith. And so I was looking to do engineering schools. And uh, at this point, I was basically a Christian Catholic in high school. So I went Christmas and Easter to Mass, and that was that was it. <laughs> so, but I went to I was looking for engineering schools and uh they had a diff bunch of different schools picked out and then my mom comes in one day and she's like you should have six schools to apply to i'm like okay whatever <laughs> like i didn't care so we started listening off schools like uh rice stanford renzelar maryland yada yada and then randomly Rutgers pops in my head and i go what about Rutgers?" she's like that's a good engineering school i was like okay i'll go there I'll fly there. It's like, how's that for discernment, right? <laughs> but anyways, but I'd never really lived in the Northeast before. I didn't even know where it was when I applied. So this is just totally God's grace. So I was uh, was, was just kind of drawn to get, try out a new part of the country uh, in New Jersey, New York area. So I decided to go there. I got a small scholarship and uh, I came down to also... Uh, I was doing an honors engineering program, and so I could do honors housing or non-honors housing. You could say I was a nerd, but my mom was like, which one do you want? And I was like, ah, I don't care. And she's, <laughs> she's like, well, I suggest uh, 
you do non-honors housing so you can have a social life. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> yeah. I love you know. that. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So I go to uh, so non-honors housing. What ended up happening was there's a guy who lived on my floor who was involved with his youth group uh, in high school. And he had signed up at the Rutgers Catholic Center involvement fair table, which I didn't even know there was a Catholic Center. So, so he, I was used to go to the gym with him a couple nights a week. So we were walking back from the gym together, and one of the brothers in the my, the community uh, and a student in, who's involved, they were dropping off a, a retreat flyer to my friend. They were doing like a dorm visit, and I just happened to be with them at the time. And uh, this brother, brother Adam was, uh, I started talking to him, he's like, hey, you should come on this retreat. And I was like, okay, <laughs> why not? It gets me off campus for the weekend. My friend wanted to go. So I told him I'd go with him. So he knew someone else and great. Mm -hmm. So that was like my, my first experience, first brother I met, first experience. Uh, I didn't think of anything of it. And then I go on this retreat and this is my first Catholic thing really ever. So people are like, worshiping the lord they're singing songs they're raising their hands there's adoration going on and i'm just looking around the room like what in the heck is going on <laughs> but i was like all right they probably know more about being catholic than i did so it's probably the, the package deal i guess so but i saw this one guy as he was worshiping the lord i saw the joy and peace that he had because he had a relationship with god and and i didn't have that and I was like, you know, I want that. I want that. So, so I started going to identify that right in that moment that that's what it was, or did you just see like the joy and the peace? I, I well, it's funny. So I, in the moment I identified it, Yeah. but I forgot about that for like four years. And then actually okay. I was in mass during Advent one time and my senior year and the Lord remember, recall that based on a homily I was listening to what that oh. moment. Like, oh yeah. No. Wow. Like. So yeah, so it was just, I just saw that what I was missing in my life, my poverty, if you will, um, the spiritual poverty. And then met a lot of nice people who were generally wanting me to be around and to hang out with me. So, so I started going to mass again, going on Sundays and just got involved with the community through there. So, so that's what uh, kind of spurred, stirred my faith and allowed me to keep growing was just a community I found. And but in terms of the, the brotherhood, um, it wasn't until about my junior year of college that I was kind of open to, even then I probably wasn't even really that open to a vocation. I just realized that there was a lot of things I had to get work on, <laughs> get my act together. So I had a lot of, lot of sin, a lot of moral sin uh, packed up that at one point the Lord was like, you, sh you should go to confession. And I was like, no <laughs> we're not going there so I was basically like Jonah for a semester and just dove into the party world and was living a very double life and uh, eventually I got asked to direct this retreat as a student and it really just kind of like caught me uh off guard and because it's something like all right I kind of I wanted to do it but I was just like afraid as all get out because I'm like all right I'm gonna get up there I'm gonna be by myself and it's gonna suck and you know, just like a fear of abandonment. But I started rationalizing to myself. I was like, if the Lord is calling me to do something, he's not just going to leave me hanging, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So, and I just thought, and I was like, well, St. Joseph was, uh, you know, your, your man who uh, trusts in the Lord. Uh, so just just pray for, pray for me to trust in the Lord. And that was literally for an entire week was like my prayer was that. And 
at the end of the week, I just really experienced that the, yeah, the, this, when I asked the Lord, do you want me to do this? It's this welling up with a yes in my heart. I said, okay, Lord, if I'm going to do this, then uh, I need to go to confession and, you know, kind of start with a clean slate. So what's in confession that very first, that very night. And I just experienced the weight drop off me of all the sins that I've been carrying on to for so long. And really from that moment on, I just started saying yes to God. You know, this is, you're saying you can't, you can't say no to people. <laughs> I stopped saying no to God basically. And just one thing after another, uh, the brothers, they, they, they had started a mission trip down to a, a border town in Mexico called, I'm going to butcher it because I don't speak Spanish, but uh, Agua Prieta. And it's basically just south of Douglas, Arizona. So they brought guys from different um, uh, campus, the campuses we were at at the time who were like wanted to actually pursue a vocation or were open. And I was just on fire for the Lord. So I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. But yeah. so, so I go down there and there was like three guys from Florida State, uh, another guy from Rucker. There was supposed to be two of us, but uh, one of them got snowed into Virginia. So he didn't make it. Uh, so two of us from Rutgers and a guy from Boston University when the brothers were at BU at the time. Mm -hmm. So, and so cool fun fact is the guy from BU is now a priest for the Archdiocese of Boston there. Father oh, Mike Zinger. Awesome. Some people might know him, but mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, yeah, so I go on this retreat and we were just there for this, this trip. We were there for a week and for an entire week, there was a family of seven that was living in a one room house. And now the room I'm in, like there's basically not much, the house is maybe double the size of the room I'm in. So, I mean, seven people in one room is like, it's the size of a master bedroom was her house. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was just for the entire week, we just built an addition that was twice the size of our house. So we made cement, we stacked bricks, you know, and we interacted with this family and it was just like, it was awesome. And they, I mean, their, their hospitality, their generosity was so gracious to us and they got nothing, you know, and they're giving us all this food to eat and stuff. So it was like, um, just working side by side physically with these guys, these men. And then spiritually, we basically lived like a, Kind of a community life like we would get up we'd pray morning prayer at the about crack of dawn and then we would you know come back we would go to mass together we would cook dinner and eat dinner together we would do night sharings the brothers would give a talk and stuff so we just ran after the lord together so, mm -hmm. so for me it was just kind of like this first experience of really like male camaraderie of men doing something uh physical alongside each other to actually service of helping people in need and also spiritually going after the Lord. And I was like, this is this is freaking awesome. Like, I love this. And I was like, oh, this is what the brothers do. <laughs> like, it's something just clicked in that moment uh, on that trip where I was like, I just saw very clearly what the brother's life was about, basically, just going out to the Lord and serving others. And so then I just started, uh, became an associate, just kind of entry level, just checking them out. They were checking me out, you know, and the more I got, like, just hung around the brothers, it was just like, I've only really experienced FOMO once in my life, you know, fear of missing out. And yeah. it was one, when I knew all the brothers were in one place and I was over here, that was my <laughs> FOMO, right? It wasn't about missing this, like, crazy, awesome adventure or something. It was just not being, not being there. So, so there was just this fullness of life that I saw, saw in the brothers that joy and peace that I was really drawn to and attracted to so 
so that's kind of like how I got to to know <laughs> meet the brothers and how I first started checking out their life so wow that's awesome so your first little taster of it and yep. then did you so did you join them then straight after you graduated college or no so um I I moved to as I was trying to figure out what the you know the the fun senior college experience of what am I going to do after college uh I just felt like the Lord was inviting me to move to Boston to find a job actually so and I, at first I wanted to, I wanted to be like a missionary go to one of the other college campuses that the brothers are at and kind of help spread the gospel there because I was like all right evangelization is God's will right therefore I should be a missionary <laughs> that was like my logic right very simple and but as I kind of wrestled with the Lord the Lord just kind of put on my heart to move to Boston to find a job and and I was like, and as I was making that discernment, I was, it was actually at that moment that I really was open to vocation. Uh, Cause I was really, uh, I was doing an Ignatian style discernment retreat and I was doing this vigil like two o'clock in the morning. I don't, a senior in college doing like a 2 a.m. Oh, an intentional 2 a.m. vigil is, I don't know, like beyond me, right? <laughs> so I was praying with the, the passion of Luke's gospel and the Ignatian prompt was, you know, here's the Lord. Christ on the cross who's given you everything like what are you willing to give back to him in response and I was like Lord what else can I give you but my whole life you know so I'd say interiorly I gave everything to the Lord in that moment but so after I graduated I moved to Boston was living with the brothers because I was checking out their life uh, I worked for a year at a company outside Boston uh, uh, at an art research and development center doing uh, fun stuff there at an engineering company so i worked for a year and then i actually quit my job and i became a missionary uh at northeastern university there in boston so when i was still living with the brothers doing campus ministry there um when i was working i kind of just hung around the catholic center at northeastern because i had no friends in boston so i was trying to make friends and spread the gospel you know as i knew how so but then i was what's that I said, kill two birds with one stone. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so I did that, uh, worked, was a missionary, and then I uh, entered formation with the brothers um, down in Florida as our innovation house currently. So went down to Florida, that was like my my exile year, if you will. <laughs> so, and that like novitiate just uh, prayer study formation and discernment is like the main elements of that being formed really in the life, just de developing a prayer life and then yeah seeing lord are you calling me to take vows and just in the course of the year in the vision i really experienced yeah just the lord is put it giving me like a celibate heart and my experience was in matthew 19 the lord says those who can accept it ought to accept it is teaching on like marriage and celibacy and i was like you know like i think i can accept this lord right so let me let me give it a shot it was literally just taking gospel wisdom at its face value right so oh god save me so i uh yeah so but as i the course of the year just really experienced a deep encounter with the lord and and also just a, a, a profound uh relationship with the blessed mother mary just kind of came out of nowhere and just those two things just really just opened up this av this opportunity just to really live this life in the brotherhood Mm -hmm. And so I, I took uh, vows in 2015. Uh, actually, I mean, God's blessing is just like, when you just look at it, it just baffles me. Just uh, 
So me and my, my confrere, Brother Ray, we took our first vows because the brothers just happened to be doing the pilgrimage to the Holy Land. So we took our first vows at the Basilica of the Annunciation in Nazareth, where Mary wow. right? That's so that was just like mind-blowing in and of itself. Basically where you can't say no, I guess, in some way. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but that was, so that was a privilege. But I honestly even felt let down in that. Like, it's shameful to say because of like the, the how awesome it was to do it there. But I really experienced that, like, like in first vows, temporary vows, it's just for one year. And it was like everything, all my life, for the rest of my life for one year, you know? And it just, it wasn't enough for me. And so that's, that's kind of where I just, it would like, I just was let down in that sense. It just, it wasn't enough. And so, and just, just kept renewing my vows each year. So I lived in, uh, after I took vows, they sent me back to Boston. So I served at Northeast University for the last five years as a as a brother and just yeah one one year at a time this felt yeah this this call of this bro being a brother a religious brother just really open up and just be confirmed and solidified in my life and just being like yeah I, I want this the lord wants this this is the lord's invitation for me but he's like he made it very clear clear that it's, it's your choice you know it's your choice if you want this or not and and i really just like as i kind of weighed everything I sat down and was like, you know, the joy and peace that I've experienced in my relationship with the Lord over these last like 10 years of my life is just, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And like, that was, a, that literally, I looked at that. I was like, that's enough for me to say yes. Like, I don't, I don't care about glory. I don't care about all this stuff. It's just the relationship in and of it with the Lord is in and of itself. And that's really the heart of our life really Yeah, is this celibate heart uh our our charism is the all-sufficiency of, of jesus christ that he alone can meet the deepest needs of, of our hearts you know and that's true for all for all christians but there's a particular way that charism allows you to uh live it out in a deeper and more profound way just it, it there's just grace to, to live it out yeah and complete so, surrender say again complete surrender yeah yeah so is, is it like a set time then um like with the brotherhood um like for how many years you renew for just one year is that like a set time period or does it vary between brothers it can vary um the main the minimum is three years and that's that's the case for all religious life is you have to do a minimum of three years mm -hmm. and that's protection for the individual and the community because mm -hmm. once you profess for perpetual about community stuck with you so you could turn out to be a nutcase you know <laughs> and then the community stuck with you you can't they can't get rid of you uh, or you might not actually have been called to the life and it's going to be really hard and miserable and like leaving a community later is just no one wins it really in that scenario mm -hmm. so so we do a minimum of three years um and then the uh, you're you're able to do uh uh perpetual vows that petition at that point and uh our default for our community is usually like five years is nice. uh for us but some guys have done four uh i did well because of covid it, me and brother ray did five and a half so <laughs> we got a little extra in it so um but yeah so we at the end of five years it's um it's kind of the the, the default for for guys for our life okay um yeah, so that's that's amazing so far. Do you want to maybe go into a little bit more about um, the work that you guys do? 
So maybe mm -hmm. specifically on your college campuses, because that's your sure. experience. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, so we, uh, on one level, like, it's kind of one of those things, like, the the, the universality of the church, you can, the Catholic church, you can go to any church across the world, and you'll know what's going on in a certain way. In a certain way, like, our brotherhood campuses are the same way. It's like, there's certain elements, the local expressions are very different, based on the reality of where you're at. Um, like, at Rutgers, when I was there, like, people are studious when, when they when the occasion arises like when the exams come like they're very studious northeastern and boston it's like super stu like like i felt like i never studied compared to the like, students in, in boston right <laughs> i was like man what was i doing with my life you know but um yeah so so there's there's there are different realities but key elements that we do is um now since because we're still growing we're still trying to get our like resources in a good spot Ideally, we'd want like a full staff at our campus ministries that include include uh, laymen and women, uh, religious sisters, priests, and and ourselves. You know, so like you have the full expression of the church. You know, and you have wisdom of older men and women to help kind of students in the time when they're really making choices that will set and affect the rest of their lives. You know, so in Boston, we're we were a little, we don't we're a little smaller in that sense so we don't have the full staff or like florida state we've been there for like 25 years they have a much bigger uh staff there but main elements that we do is we really foster uh, uh we're really outreach oriented is what we do is really not waiting for people to come into the doors to mm -hmm. pursue their faith but actually going out and inviting people in that's that's what we're about kind of like how brother adam was dropping off a retreat flyer to my friend like in that regard like that's what we do. So we try and uh, we're, we're outreach evangelistic, the uh, oriented of inviting people. And we do, we set up uh, uh, semester retreats, uh, the Eucharistic retreats where we bring people to encounter the Lord Jesus uh, in the Eucharist, but also just to see a community that's full of faith, uh, to experience community life, uh, and also just confession, like people, come on these retreats who haven't been in confession for like four years or more or like their entire life you know and it can be a very life-changing uh experience so we're very sa uh sacramentally oriented in our in our outreach uh efforts uh and then we do uh we usually have like a run of weekly student gathering um that uh so northeastern we call it uh, new life so and there's student leaders we basically raise up the students to be leaders so we're not we're helping out with everything but we're not necessarily doing everything mm -hmm. so because we're trying to raise up students who will go on to settle in parishes get married and be the future leaders of the in the church in their local churches and that's really what we're we're about is bringing people to encounter the lord uh like john the baptist who says you know uh, he must increase i must decrease is like we bring people to the lord but then really the the relationship with the lord is what spurs their life not our relationship with them even though we're all you know it's lifelong friendships and everything yeah. so so we're really uh outreaching the people to encounter the lord and then we really walk side by side with people with men and women to in their faith formation of mm -hmm. like answering questions of like what is, like how do i pray what does it mean you know um to down to the deeper questions of like discernment questions of like 
what to do after college or vocational discernment of marriage or celibacy, you know, like all those, should I serve as a missionary and stuff like that? Like all, all, everything under the sun is kind of like uh, what we kind of, what we meet with one, we do one-on-one -on -one meetings with students, like, uh, you know, grabbing coffee or grabbing a dinner or going out and doing sports together and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like just living life together on the margins to that, that help them move close to the Lord and make choices that will actually better make our for their their good their true good so uh and then we run like men's and women's groups so we're very we do a lot we have we have different committees like service team for doing uh community service or local food shelters or uh you know pregnancy centers um for whatever is the local whatever is local social teams of planning social events for like front door events where people can come encounter friendships that hopefully you can bring them into the the deeper recesses of the house really where the lord uh is uh, at the center of it so so it's kind of everything like we do a lot you know it's a very active life yeah and uh, have you have you come across anyone working in your ministry that was like maybe like you in college and then like walked with them through and like was that like a cool experience Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember uh, this one guy. He, uh, <laughs> in some ways, you kind of like you're you're your own worst enemy. It's like the it's kind of like uh, I've heard with like like parenting. It's like uh, when people have kids of their own, they realize that like like but their kids are basically what they were to their parents. So it's kind of like this, you know, <laughs> you give what you get, what you get, uh, give uh, whatever you know, get what you deserve in a certain way, but. This uh, one guy I was reaching out to, he was, uh, I was trying to invite him to uh, like our local student meeting, you know, come on a retreat and everything was just nope, 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 nope. And I was like, all right, well, I just kept asking him and inviting him and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden I go away in the visit and I get a letter from this guy and he was like, hey, uh, uh, it had no return address. It was just addressed to me. So I'm like, who's this from? So I'm reading this. He's just talking about how he was on this retreat. So he ends up going on a retreat after I left. Goes on this retreat, experiences, uh, yeah, just this encounter, a profound encounter with the Lord and just the Lord calling, asking him to serve my people, right? And just was a life-changing word for him. And so I'm reading this, I'm like, what? Who, like, who is this? And then I'm like, how really? Like, oh my God. I was like, I was praising the Lord hardcore for that. And, uh, you know, then I went back and got, actually got to serve with him and kind of doing mission work because he set up uh, uh, this the, a Catholic student group at his college. He was going to the pharmacy school in Boston, uh, MCP. And so I helped, got to actually work with them, kind of establishing the, like our Bible study there and reaching out to people at that college and stuff. And then he ended up serving as a missionary. Now he's in seminary, you know, uh, for Diocese of Worcester out there in Massachusetts. So it's just like, and, and oh yeah, I've seen all other guys, like uh, men and women, just I've been able to see and just help out, just answer questions um, as, you know, on retreats or just otherwise. And working with student leaders and just seeing where where they were as a freshman and where they are now is like I know a couple missionaries who work with St. Paul's Outreach that are we work with on college campuses um 
and they kind of their main thing that St. Paul's Outreach does is uh, men's and women's households and uh, for, for Christian formation. And two students who I knew both as freshmen as a missionary at Northeastern are now in their third year as uh, missionaries with SPO. And I'm just like, why? Like, no, I when they were freshmen or in college, it's like there's no way. <laughs> not now the three years deep. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. And they're they're changed men and women. You know, it's like they've actually had authentic conversions, and that's what I love about the campus ministries. It's actually seeing as you reconnect with people after a period of time, actually see how their faith has actually kind of uh, taken over and is like the center of their lives, you know? Yeah, that's that's amazing. Seeing people's lives transform. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> okay, so yeah, maybe you share with us some of your hopes for the future. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I guess you put me in a, in a trap. I can't say I don't hope in anything because I'm a brother of hope. So <laughs> it looked pretty bad, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, definitely it's with the state of COVID and just kind of the all the racial tensions and the, the riots and stuff that have been going on, all the tragic stuff that's just been happening. Uh, and just, I mean, it's an uneasy just kind of turn on the news it's like there's no motivation to turn on the news because like what good is there going to be on the news now you know and so it definitely can be disconcerting um and we can really we're really starting to see just how like all this isolation is really affecting people and and it's, so it's it's definitely it's it's real life giving to realize like here we are trying to do what we can and, and covid restriction friendly manners to actually foster community and actually people being together in a safe way yeah. just because of how important it is so just seeing the importance of actually uh one i've seen the importance of like i would not be practicing my faith if the brothers weren't at rutgers and people didn't actually invite me on as that retreat like like i just my life would just be in shambles probably it would be somewhere that i would not want to be uh, so just being very convicted about the importance of just like the, the, the ministry we do, my, the love of the Lord, just how I've just really, my prayer life has just grown substantially over the last 10 years of my life. And, but then just, yeah, where the state of the world is, it's just like, Lord, like Jesus, you really are our only hope. You know, I remember I uh, actually, when we were in class together, the uh, last, last year, the uh, Bishop, uh, Reed came in, uh, oh, one yeah. day, and, yeah. and he said, he said to me, uh, it's like, hey, well, my, my motto, uh, uh, my favorite phrase is Jesus is our only hope. I was like, amen, Bishop, you know, and <laughs> I, I think about that all the time. And just like, yeah, the, the importance of a relationship with the Lord, like, and that's really my deepest hope I, I have is just I really long for people to encounter the Lord and to really grow in their faith. And like whether it's like they're they're uh, Baptist or Methodist or Orthodox or uh, a Catholic, you know, I like whatever the denomination is. I really just want people to encounter the Lord Jesus and really just experience the fullness of life that I've been blessed to experience. Because yeah, it's it's I wouldn't trade it for anything. And and so just in, as I just profess my perpetual vows, I'm in this for life and uh, just deep fulfillment with what I've done. It's like, I, like, yeah, my vision is I know where I'm going, just deeper in the Lord myself, but hopefully inviting other people uh, with me to a deeper relationship with the Lord. And hopefully we can rejoice in, in heaven one day, because that's where ultimately everything is is going, is that hope of heaven. So, 
so I guess that that's kind of the biggest thing is just that yeah the as the world just gets really isolated and individualistic is to be able to uh, bring people back into a, a desire to be part of a community and really a community that's centered on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You made yeah. my job so easy. You're <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just talking. It's fantastic. Yeah. But, Sometimes uh, I have the gift of gab, so I apologize if I ramble too much. <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed that, actually. Um, and yeah, just thank you for everything that you do. You guys are doing such great work. So you, the church really needs it, you know. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Yeah. yeah, thank you for your for taking this time to ask me to to interview me. And I've seen some of your other uh, vocational po- uh, podcasts you've done and interviews. And yeah, it's a real it's a real cool thing of uh, to hear p- other people's stories of how the Lord is is real, and that's what helps inspires mm-hmm. each of our of our own faith and our own pursuit of the Lord. So just yeah. thank you for your, your own work, you and Brianna. <laughs> yeah, he's he's alive and he's working. So mm-hmm. yeah, got to spread the message. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thanks to everyone who has tuned in to watch um, or listen on the uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you all again soon. God bless.